and welcome to Reverse Sequels. My name is Ellie, and with me, as always, is... Patrick. And on today's podcast, we are talking about The Tooth Fairy 2. Better subtitle for that, I think, would be The Tooth Fairy 2. Well, there's a lot of things that could have been better about this movie. (laughs) The Tooth Fairy 2 is about a guy who accidentally tells a kid that the Tooth Fairy is not real. So as punishment, he has to himself become a Tooth Fairy for 10 days and he has to collect 10 teeth. Along the way, he also has to try to get his fiance back and grow as a person in the process. I like this movie. I thought it was really good. (laughs) I have a lot to say about this movie, but I guess my first question after that description is, does Tooth Fairy Law have jurisdiction in the human world? It sounds like it. Those are your questions? (laughs) My questions are more like, who made this movie and why? (laughs) I mean, yes, I think because they have magical powers that can influence the human realm, so they can impose their jurisdiction. Because I thought it was an interesting sentence that he sentenced on Earth to 10 days as a tooth fairy. So does that work for like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and all mythical, mystical characters? I mean, I want to know, does this movie take place in the same world as the Santa Claus? Or is it its own thing? Is there a Santa Claus doing its own tooth fairy type thing in this world let's get to the description of this movie this was a very painful almost like losing a tooth (laughs) or no having a tooth extracted is more accurate this movie was hard to watch and long (laughs) and the movie was only 80 minutes right it was really short but it seemed like we watched it for days I mean, I, I think we can get through the plot pretty easily. There's not much to the plot. And then I have about 45 questions about the movie. Okay. And that's I think that's where I'm struggling. Do we start with the plot or do we start with some of these questions? Because a lot of the questions guide me. Because my number one question is, who is this movie for? <laughs> is this a children's movie? And if so, is Larry the Cable Guy, does he test well with children? Why was he placed into this movie? Right. I also had a lot of questions about Larry the Cable Guy. I'll be honest, I'm not that familiar with him, other than that he's not funny. I think he's a horrible hack comedian. He is so unfunny in this movie. But I had that same thought. If you like Larry the Cable Guy, is he a G-rated comedian? Why is he in a G-rated children's movie? Or, yeah, or is this movie for fans of Larry the Cable Guy? Or is this movie for fans of Larry the Cable Guy who have children? Right, because he's so unfunny in this movie. And then I'm wondering, if you like Larry the Cable Guy, would you think he was funny in this? I think we can't talk about that without talking about what I consider to be the faulty premise of this movie. And I think that's where people think the comedy comes in. The whole movie hangs on the concept that putting a burly man in a pink tutu is like inherently hilarious is the funniest thing that anyone's ever seen and challenging any kind of masculinity with anything feminine or pink is just 
so uproariously funny. It's like the most fragile masculinity movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it's just kind of disgusting. Right. Well, maybe we'll come back to that question then of who it's for. And if it's for kids or Larry the Cable Guy fans or both. Maybe let's get through the plot and then maybe we can ask all our questions. Okay. Because I think if we have to stop to ask questions, I really have a question on almost everything in the whole movie. Okay, the movie opens up. Larry is driving with Brooke to her niece's birthday party. Right, so movie starts off already horrible because Larry the Cable Guy is this horrible, ugly, disgusting slob. And his fiance is like a typical good-looking Hollywood actress. No, I can't do it without questions. I can't do it without questions. <laughs> well, what's your question? Are there no other men in this town? <laughs> what is wrong with Brooke that the only two people that she dates are Larry the Cable Guy or Beauregard Billings? Why and why are her tastes so wildly dissimilar on men? It doesn't make any sense. Is she just dating anybody with a pulse? I mean, that's one of the biggest questions is why on earth would she be with either of these people? But is she just... Again, this is a piece of writing where she's just like a prop. Right. She has absolutely no character whatsoever. She's just the totally disposable, the good-looking girlfriend of the slobby guy. Or the rich guy. Well, yeah. Either way. (laughs) She's just floating around, like, being passed around the whole town. Right. I mean, it's just so frustrating because, like, you can even have that character and still have that character be good. Like, you know, like Lois Griffin is the good-looking wife of a big fat slob in Family Guy. and But she's like a three-dimensional character with lots of depth to her right. and characteristics. And Brooke is just nothing. She likes kids, I guess. No, she can't even. <laughs> she's running an after-school program into the ground. I don't know what she does there. And yeah, the wrecking doodle is not doing well. Who named that place? <laughs> she shouldn't have spent all her money on wrecking doodle t-shirts that... Did she own it? Does she just work there? Wait, no, like half my questions are about the wrecking doodle. <laughs> are they really? <laughs> I, I did not everything. have a lot of questions about that. But anyway, because at first, so here's where I, I keep getting stalled. In my intro notes, I have car giveaway, Larry the Cable Guy, why him? And a lady are driving because it didn't cross my mind that it was his girlfriend yet. <laughs> and I didn't know where they were going to the lady's daughter's birthday party is what no, I have written down. Her, it was her niece. So then later I find out they're dating and it's her niece. So, so the whole intro is they're driving to this niece's birthday party. And for some reason he passes by the bowling alley. But it looks like he drives through the bowling alley parking lot on the way to the birthday party. He sees that there's a big car giveaway. He's like, we got to go in and enter this contest. She's like, no, we got to go to the party. He's like, it'll just take a minute. Which I guess to enter a raffle shouldn't take long. But then the raffle is live. <laughs> right, so if you win the raffle, then you have to bowl a 7-10 split in order to win the car. Which I think is kind of a rigged raffle because a 7-10 split is the most notoriously difficult bowling well, frame. It was a Camaro. 
Right, but you should just win. A raffle is to win the prize. <laughs> well, I'm not hung up on that. There's too much else to <laughs> be mad about. So as soon as they walk in, there's this guy, Beauregard Billings, who he's just your classic movie villain, like evil. romantic comedy villain. He's clearly evil. He's clearly shady because he runs a used car lot. That's like your go-to. He's he has rich. weird hair. Yeah, it's slicked down and dark. He's rich. And so he sees Brooke. They have some kind of past, apparently. He wants her for himself. And he, she makes some kind of comment like, well, we're on the way to a birthday party. And if Larry doesn't hurry up, if Larry misses this party, we're going to be done. So Beauregard rigs the contest, makes Larry win. But just thinking it will stall him so he'll miss the party, not realizing that he will slip on nacho cheese and accidentally get the 710 split. Not just get the 710 split, but then the bowling ball will jump to all the other <laughs> lanes in the bowling alley and hit five strikes. Now, does it ever come back up that Beauregard rigged this contest? No, it does not. It's never revealed. There's not really any point to that scene. There's just all sorts of things like that. Like, I have a list of at least 10 things that were never brought back up in the movie. I believe that. Well, one thing that I want to know if this was done on purpose or not was after he gets the 710 split, he wins the Camaro. It goes one year and 15 minutes later, right? Right, his 15 minutes of fame. Flashes forward in time, but they show a newspaper. Saying how he won, but also with, like, the wedding announcement of Brooke and Beauregard. In the column, on the left, it has amazing written, and it's misspelled. Two M's. Why? Was that on purpose? Did I miss? Here's the thing. Okay, they're supposed to be in Florida. I could almost give them the benefit of the doubt that they spelled amazing wrong on purpose to, I don't know, make fun of Florida or make fun of... The character of Larry the Cable Guy? I don't know. Here's the thing, though. Why I do believe that it was an accident. And I'm going to correct you on something. You said it shows the Metro County Miracle and Brooke and Bo's wedding announcement. It does, but that's a total mistake. So if you freeze the frame, it has the headline about winning the bowling contest. But all the text of the article is about Brooke and Bo getting married. But they just... It just happened. They're not even dating yet. It doesn't make any sense. Then you cut to a year and 15 minutes later. Larry is hanging out with his friends, Hank and Ernie, who I guess they all work together at this mechanic shop. Yeah, Hugh McKibble. And he... (laughs) I thought it was Hugh. (laughs) Hank? Was it Hank? I think it's Hank. Hank McKibble and Ernie, which I guess, were they they on his show? Didn't Larry the Cable Guy have a show? I have no idea. They seem like his uh, posse. Okay. So he pulls out a newspaper and is like, oh my God, no, look at this newspaper. It turns out that Brooke and Bo are getting married. And it's a new headline, but the same text of the article that was in the previous newspaper. Well, what the fuck? Here's the thing. If you're going to do a newspaper flash dissolve, they just did two within three minutes. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so they were like, we're just going to use the same exact article and hope nobody notices? Well, I guess they're not anticipating people to pause on the newspaper or why? see a spelling mistake because maybe children and fans of Larry the Cable Guy can't read? Can't read. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but just that's, I just think that says so much about the movie is that they're just cutting corners at every opportunity. Why not do that extra little bit of work and write out the fake article about him winning the bowling thing? Why would you reuse a future article i don't know it was just so sloppy i mean the movie has enough problems that like that's not even the worst of it but 
That was just an early clue that this movie is just poorly made. Huh. Okay. Then we get to Larry living off of the glory, like you said, the 15 minutes of fame of his winning. He's expecting that everyone in town knows him for who he is, for winning this uh, bowling car raffle. Right, he didn't even win like a bowling championship. He just won a Based car. on dumb luck. Right. And here's the thing. He's overcoming the fact, Brooke says, you need to grow up. Right, you that's clearly his flaw. to be flaw. responsible. That's his flaw? <laughs> well, I mean... The, that's what I think the movie is giving us as the flaw he needs to overcome. There's a part later where he says, I am a bum. I am a loser. He is. There is no redeeming quality to him. Right. He's a huge loser. He works, it seems like, just part-time at this mechanic shop. He lives in a trailer. He eats chicken wings every night. But he could do better. These are choices. He chooses to live this way. He doesn't want to change until his hand is forced well, but I mean, I think that's standard in this kind of movie. This is the, that's the story. This is what's going to make him change. But I don't, I don't know. I'm really frustrated because I don't even really think he does. Like, right. this movie can't even, the very most basic concept of storytelling of here's a hero, here's a flaw, here's how he overcomes it, I don't even think is accomplished. I don't think he overcomes anything. Yeah, he's the same at the end as he was at the beginning. And by no real you know, suffering of his own. I don't know what hero's journey he goes on. <laughs> he doesn't really do much. Um, he has to wear pink. He, oh Yeah, he has to wear pink. So. And he has to learn to be slightly more responsible. But even then, all right, so he's, so the whole, other than being the tooth fairy, the main B plot of this is that a year later, after Brooke breaks up with him and gets with this other guy, he just starts showing up at her work. And then he's like, can I just work here? And she's like, well, I need the help. So, okay. Is he getting paid? Is Great this question. just volunteering? Great question. But then, like, he just starts showing up there every day and volunteering. But it's not like, it's just, he doesn't get any better as a person. And he's making things worse. <laughs> Sometimes. But he's really only there to... You know, I mean, it's not an honest change of character. He's only there so that she will like him. He's not there because, you know, some altruistic motive. Also, there's a thing early on that also tipped me on what kind of movie this is going to be. Like, just tonally, and maybe who it's for. There's this scene early on where some of the kids are picking on one of the kids at the daycare. There's like an Asian kid playing chess, and three of the older kids are like teasing him. Squeezing balloons balloons in his ear or something. They're fucking with him. And so Larry's like, hey, kids. So I'm like, okay, is this where we're going to see Larry's actually not such a bad guy? He's going to stick up for this kid who gets picked on. No. He tells the kids, hey, can you help me do the same thing you're doing to this poor Asian kid and do it to Beauregard Billings? Right. He's a bully. Larry's just like a big, dumb bully. And it never comes back. The whole movie, I'm waiting for... The scene where he's like, oh, this kid is getting picked on and I'm going to stick up for him. No. I don't even think we ever see that kid again. I think he was one of the tooth kids. Right, but there's no growth. There's no, like, you're getting picked on and I'm going to stick up for you. It's like he sees the kid getting picked on and he's like, hey, I'm going to align myself with the bullies. That's the kind of movie this is. I think that's who it's for. This is a movie for people that would be like, look at him picking on that nerd. Right. And it's... Now, here's the thing I've always wondered about Larry the Cable Guy. 
he's a caricature, right? Right. He's not a real, he's a guy named Dan. He's not a real guy. And he's made this character and this character is like, I love beer and football and chicken and monster trucks and I'm a man's man and I'm a Southern stereotype. And so how much is he playing into that? Like how much of this negative stereotype is he making fun of and how much is he perpetuating? Right, I think it's a hundred percent perpetuation. There's no subversion of the stereotype, other than he, that he wears pink, but it's not like he wants to. Right, he complains about it the whole time, like, and mocks it and mocks doing anything feminine. So no, he's not subverting the stereotype. That's why Larry the Cable Guy is the worst because he's just playing to the worst stereotypes. And what he like personally believes, I have no idea. Maybe he's laughing all the way to the bank. He's not doing anything to satire this at all. Right. It's not like he's a Jeff Foxworthy where, you know, he's making fun of it, but in a self-aware way. I don't know. No, there's nothing self-aware about him. There's nothing clever about it. I actually wanted to know. So, you know, it's kind of funny that they name him Larry. Like, his character's name is Larry, but he's Larry the Cable Guy, but that's also not his real name. So, I don't know. It's like a character within a character. Then I was wondering, like, did he stay in character on set? Oh. When he wasn't playing Larry the Tooth Fairy, was he Larry the Cable Guy or was he Dan the Comedian? Great question. Like when the cameras were off, was he like, "Uh, hey guys, this movie is a piece of shit. All I know is the next thing I have written in my notes is this movie only works in Florida. (laughs) The setting is Florida and I feel like this is, it only works in Florida. Florida man. So one of the kids at the daycare or the after school program or whatever his name is Gabe. He likes to draw. And then Larry tells him that the Tooth Fairy is not real. And that's what kind of kicks off the Well, here's the thing. Plot. I actually... I use that word loosely. I actually am going to defend this a little bit. What? Larry the Cable Guy was just waxing poetic. He's like, love's not real. Just like the Tooth Fairy's not real. Just like this isn't real. No, he said love is a fairy tale. Just mm-hmm. like the Tooth Fairy. Mm-hmm. How does that mean that the Tooth Fairy is not real? It can also be a fairy tale. Wait, so you're defending his actions in the movie? I'm defending the premise. I don't right. think he overtly said, there is no Tooth Fairy, the Tooth Fairy's not real. I think he was just saying, love is a fairy tale, so is the Tooth Fairy. Sure, but that's because this movie's stupid. I wish he had said, the Tooth Fairy's not real, and neither is finding true love. Right, but this movie is too stupid for that. You're not defending it, and you're pointing out why this movie's dumb. Oh, there's so many things that... So then there's the whole Tooth Fairy thing. His, like, caseworker at Tooth Fairy is the character Wait, named Mix. Nix. Is this the worst child actor in the history of cinema? Have you ever seen a worse child actor than this? No! I... Okay. You liked this character? Let me say, I want to tell you my favorite part of the movie and <laughs> maybe my least favorite part. I, actually, I can tell you my favorite part with a gun to my I head. actually have two parts of this movie that are my least favorite. <laughs> And one might might supersede the other. But my own, the only part I liked about this movie was the rules of fairyland. I mean, yeah, that's the only was, part where it got interesting. Yeah, so 20 minutes in, he finally it becomes a movie about being a tooth fairy. Because before that, it was about cars and chicken. And there's even a chicken <laughs> monologue that goes on way too long. And um, so 
it's like it, it transitions to this weird animation. We find out that he broke fairy law. We find out the rule of 10 teeth in 10 days. We find out all the rules of this world. He's going to auto-transform into a tooth fairy. He's going to have a bag of powder that makes you forget. He's going to have a bag of powder that... What does the other one do? One makes you forget and one knocks you out. Yeah, knocks you out. They threaten that if he does not succeed in his goal, they're going to take his best memory. So... I really enjoyed, I was like, okay, I can sink my teeth into the rules of Fairyland, laying out the stakes, laying out the rules. That lasted five minutes in this whole movie. So that was maybe my favorite part of the whole movie. I mean, I agree with you that was okay, but I do think that actress was horrible. I just want to juxtapose it with one of the parts. Tell, tell me your least favorite, too. Ugh. Go for it. There's not much else plot left. So. No, there's. I have a ton written down I, I want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, clearly, there's a part where he goes into the first house to get the first tooth, and he had eaten a bunch of burritos, and he starts farting pixie dust everywhere. Actually, yeah. But that's my runner-up. <laughs> and if you know me, the, the number one one has got to be egregious. What's number one? He has a memory. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> he has a memory of dating Brooke, where they're out eating chicken together. Oh, you're talking about the, yeah, the flashback of eating chicken. And there's one chicken wing left, and they're fighting over who's going to get it. And they say the only way to solve this is with a barbecue sauce mustache contest. And they both smear an ungodly amount of barbecue sauce on their face. And it's supposed to be endearing and sweet and, like, how much they have in common. And it was disgusting and disturbing. And he also says something weird, like... This is a Riley Fingers mustache. So he's does a Tom Selleck, and she does, I don't know who the hell. It's just like a curly villain mustache. But yeah, they give some name that I've never heard. Right, but Maybe I... it's a Florida celebrity. I just have gross <laughs> it written was, down. That was very gross. It was so gross, and it was... That's Brooke's character? Who's the real Brooke? Nobody knows. You're telling me that she likes to eat a bunch of chicken and put barbecue <laughs> sauce on her face? Right. But she wants a responsible, upstanding man? And she'll date Larry the Cable Guy, who doesn't wear <laughs> shirts with sleeves. Or she'll date Beauregard, who has like an eight-pack when he takes off his shirt after a water balloon fight. She just has no standards, no anything. <laughs> oh, man. Didn't you feel bad for this actress? Yes. I just felt so bad for her. She's like doing her best. She's, you know, I think she's actually had some training of some kind. Whereas Larry the Cable Guy is horrible. Even the guy who played Beauregard, I mean, he doesn't have much to work with, but I also thought he sucked. You know who he reminded me of? Who? Who's that actor that plays the dad in Back to the Future? Crispin Glover? Yes. Oh, okay. He, he gave me such Crispin Glover vibes. I mean, Maybe when he plays, bit. who's the mouse lover? <laughs> Willard? Willard. Yeah. He gave me Willard vibes. I just, the whole movie, just pictured this actress just crying in her trailer in between takes, being like, I studied at NYU or wherever I did Shakespeare in the park, and now I'm Larry the Cable Guy's love interest in the Tooth Fairy Part 2. I just, I hope she got other work after this. I hope this didn't ruin her career. I'm surprised this didn't ruin Larry the Cable Guy's career because... I think it did. I never saw him work again. One thing I could not get past. The scene of Larry the Cable Guy under young girl's bed <laughs> was disturbing on so many levels. Then he hides in her closet and she opens the closet and she's like, Larry, why are you here? 
Can you imagine being like eight years old and this man in spandex is lurking under your bed? Right. There's a very creepy premise of him having to, like, he sort of gets these magical powders. But I always thought, like, the Tooth Fairy would have these magical powers. But he's just more like a guy breaking into houses. He's like a burglar. And so there's this creepy element that I don't feel like was 100% necessary. Here's the thing, though. Why did they choose Larry the Cable Guy? Why did they choose him? There is something almost non-threatening about him, which maybe that's why they chose him. But when those scenes of him under her bed, it was just creeping me out. Unless he's real popular with the kids, like demographics. Like, oh, kids five to nine love Larry the Cable Guy. I really don't know. I don't know. Did he make other children's movies? I don't know what he did after this. But the thing that really just like bummed me out is everything is just so formulaic. Like, there was just no surprises to anything. It was like, okay, obviously he's going to get the teeth. He's going to almost fail. But then at the last minute, he's going to turn it around. He's going to prove to Brooke somehow that he's worthy now. He's going to instill some kind of doubt with the new dude. And like, not only was it not surprising, it was like underwhelming. Like all the beats that you have to hit, they didn't even do well. No. Like when you're supposed to find out Beauregard is the bad guy, was it revealed that he rigged that you know, car game. No. Was never it found revealed out. he stole all the toys for the rec center? Don't even get me to that part. No, it's not. Was he cheating? No. Was it any of this? No. It was just like the flaws that he already had of being so focused on his mayoral campaign were still there. She knew about that the whole time. The whole thing is just she goes to him and says, what's your best memory? And he's like, oh, it's playing football. And she's like, no, sorry, that was a test, and it was supposed to be a memory of me, so we're breaking up, and I'm getting back together with Larry. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, everything was just so badly done. Oh, but please, let's talk about that scene you just talked about, the toy scene. That's one of my absolute biggest pet peeves in a movie. It's so lazy, it's so insulting to the audience's intelligence, is when you have a scene, and it's usually between, you know, a couple or, you know, romantic interests, where... There's such an explanation, like there's such a logical explanation, but the guy for some reason doesn't say it. So he's supposed to go out and get a bunch of toys. And he loads up his convertible Camaro with all of these toys. And then Beauregard is following him. And when Larry's in a house getting a tooth, Beauregard steals all the toys. Like the Grinch. (laughs) So the next, well, Beauregard is just, I mean, he's such a paper thin villain. It's so frustrating. He has no redeeming qualities. He's all evil. There's no depth to him at all. And and yet I still like him better than Larry the Cable Guy. I still think she should have wound up with him. But if those were the only two choices. So he shows up the next day, Larry, with his car and all the kids are like, where's the toys? Where's the toys? And then he takes Brooke aside and is like, I lost him. No, you didn't. They were stolen. What the fuck? Why did you say I lost them? Right. He did not lose them. They were stolen. Then after like 10 sentences and her berating him, he's like, oh, they were stolen. Right. You really buried the lead there, dude. I was robbed. My car was robbed. The toys were stolen. Not I lost them. It wasn't something he did. Then he tries to justify it by telling Brooke, I lost them because I'm the tooth fairy and had to go get a tooth. But you still didn't lose them. And why are you telling her 
You're the tooth fairy to reveal your deepest, darkest secret. She thinks you're a fucking mental patient. (laughs) Right. Who's like throwing toys away and claiming to be the tooth fairy. But it was just so clearly like, you know, the screenwriter was like, okay, we need to have a scene where, you know, something bad happens. And just when Larry's making all this progress, Brooke gets mad at him again. It has to be something that reinforces, you know, the previous flaws we saw. And because she even says like, oh, where were you this time? It was another one of your pit stops. Just like, you know, when you stopped off at the bowling alley. Like the idea was there. And then they were like, okay, how do we make that a scene? And then they came up with the stupidest possible way. Yeah. He... The shit was stolen, and he didn't like. Say that. He didn't say it. And then it opens up the opportunity for Beauregard to be like, "Well, I will get us all the toys." They could have had a scene where he's un, you know, boxing the toys, and then Larry pieces it together. He stole the toys. Right. They never show that. Right. Larry doesn't piece anything together no. of how he's being sabotaged by Beauregard. Right. They show all this stuff with Beauregard, and there's never any follow through with any of it. So it's just, uh, it's just so frustrating. I hate that in a movie. But then, like we said, the whole way that it wraps up, like the whole reason she decides to leave Beauregard is because his best memory, he didn't say her right away. Then he shows up to like confront Larry and he's like, you stole my girl and I lost the mayoral campaign. Yeah. What? You did? When did that happen? He says, you cost me the election. How? By not having a first lady? It's never explained. Also, it's the same night. The election hasn't happened yet, so what the hell is he talking about? You know what I love is that I think even the writers of this movie just wanted it to be over. Yes. Because towards the end, they gave him a hummingbird wing, and they're just like, get this shit done. Go in super speed. You got five more teeth, yeah. How'd they afford the effects to do that super speed shot? Don't even get me started. How come at the end he can fly? (laughs) Nobody knows. And there's a scene where he's been kicked out of Fairyland. Nick steals his best memory. She says, okay, you failed in your mission. See you later. And then two scenes later, he's in Fairyland. How did he get there? (laughs) Right. The rules have clearly been established that Nick has magic powers and can transport him wherever she wants and turn things pink. And then he just shows up like he took the bus there. I don't understand. Those are some things I can't understand. The thing that I didn't understand the most was probably Gabe's dad. I know. It was such a waste of a character. Gabe's dad is like this enormously overweight slob man. With like weird balding hair. I mean, I didn't really think that Larry the Cable Guy was like, please put one person fatter and uglier than me in this movie so that I look better by comparison. But it was just so weird. And he's like, I don't know if the idea is to be a manlier man, you're just the fatter slob. Because he's like, how do you talk to these kids? My son likes art. I only know football. <laughs> and, uh, right. I just thought that part was miscast. He did not seem like a guy who wouldn't talk to his kid. Is he a single father? <laughs> yeah. Where's I- his wife? Is it Brooke? <laughs> Is Brooke, like, the mom <laughs> of all these children? Maybe it's not a daycare. Maybe it's just her house. Because she just dates anybody in town. Yeah, that it's character just... was so weird. I mean, it was it was just... That's what I'm talking about. They had these things that they knew were supposed to be in a movie, but they didn't know how to execute it. They were like, okay, we need something that shows that Larry's not a total piece of shit. Why don't we find somebody who's a bigger piece of shit and have Larry... 
tell him, like, oh, Art, yeah, just listen to him and encourage him. That's supposed to show his growth, I suppose? Right, but it doesn't. I know what all these scenes were supposed to do, but they didn't. I Here's a question that I just really want to know for myself, just to take a breather from the movie. <laughs> do you think the teeth that they used were real teeth or prop teeth? Um, I think probably prop teeth. You don't think they were real teeth? <laughs> no, but it was probably real easy to find <laughs> falling out teeth in Florida. <laughs> I just... These are the things that are crossing my mind because even though this movie was like 20 minutes long, I could not focus my attention. It took us so long to watch this movie, we had to pay to rent it twice because our rental expired. It's right. one of my low points. <laughs> Somebody's looking through my history and is like, this guy loved Tooth Fairy 2? You rented it twice in a row? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I, I don't have anything else to talk about. I just have a whole list of questions. Do you have anything else plot-wise to talk about? Okay, I had one more kind of question, kind of plot question. Okay. After his greatest memory has been removed by Nyx, that's when he goes and tells Brooke, my best memory was about you. How did he remember the memory he lost in order to tell her? Right, so for some reason they gave him a card that had the kids' names on it to pick up the teeth, and on one side of the card... It had his memory, the best memory. So he saw the memory, but then how did he remember the memory that he saw? I don't exactly. Know. That's what I. That's what was my question. But that's a whole other thing. But aside from that, um, yeah, this movie was terrible. Let's get into your question. Okay, here's. I mean, some I've already I've already gotten through. Like, did you feel sorry for the actress? Did he stay in character on set? Okay. There's a scene where, you talked about it, a girl opens the closet, finds Larry in there. It's one of the girls from the Wreckin' Doodle. And then she's like, oh, Larry, hey, this is not scary at all. Why don't we sit down and let's talk about stuff? Yeah. She tells him about her sister. And he's like, she's like, my, all my parents give all my attention to my little sister. Can you make her disappear? And he's like, oh, you guys are going to be best friends. And like he gives her this nice advice. Then he's like, okay, he has amnesia powder and he has knockout powder. He's supposed to use the amnesia powder and say, you never saw a tooth fairy. The amnesia powder is like green. With this girl, he so clearly used the knockout powder. He used the wrong powder. He threw it on her and she was knocked out. So I kept waiting for the scene. Like at the rec center where she's like, you're the tooth fairy. Right, where she would mention, I know your secret, I know you're the tooth fairy. And he would be like, oh, I used the wrong powder. But she's not going to tell me because she's cool. No, it never came back up. It was never seen again. (sighs) Was it left on the cutting room floor? You can't just take out scenes and then leave the first part of the scene. I don't know. I thought it was real disturbing because he also threw a white powder on her first, like some flour or something. It was from a powdered donut. That oh, he had from a powdered donut. And <laughs> just the whole scene was just wrong because then she was just like wiping her face. It was very <laughs> I, no. Who thinks that a grown man under a child's bed in the dead of night? Is acceptable. Right. Real gross. Okay. My next question. And we kind of touched on this one too. What the fuck is Brooke doing with the wrecking doodle? Why is she running it into the ground? She's got plenty of kids. Right. So Why is it about to go under any day now? So here's what I was wondering. Because at first I was like, there's no way. If this was a daycare, she'd be rolling in dough. But We know how much daycare costs. There's like 30 kids there. And 
the, are they divided in any way? They all have different <laughs> color shirts, but... But she's the only staff member until Larry starts volunteering. Is this a free after-school program? Is she the owner of it? Is she running it? I have so many questions, too, about this wrecking doodle. Is she more akin to Larry because she's bad at management? <laughs> like, why would Beauregard Billings want her? If she's, I mean, like, a failed rec center employee. I guess she's just the only woman in town. I don't know. Or it seems like he's had a crush on her for a long time. I don't know. But here's... I'm glad you mentioned Bo, because here's my other thing. They're about to get married. Why... Why is she acting like she's on the hook and has no help and needs to hire her ex-boyfriend? Right. He doesn't offer couldn't, any money for anything. But couldn't he? Couldn't she be like, hey, I'm about to lose my rec Job. center. I mean, and he's running a successful car dealership, at least. Couldn't he say something like, here's your problem. Well, he You're not charging money. You don't have staff. You called it the wrecking doodle. He doesn't really care about her. And that's evident in the scene where they have their engagement shower or whatever they called it and they don't invite any of her friends and she's like none of my friends right but does she have any friends no her only friend is larry the cable guy i think yeah something's wrong with brooke something's wrong wrong with her big time i am actually starting to believe my own theory that this these are all her kids (laughs) i like that theory um here's my other question in the beginning, at the Metro County Miracle, when Larry goes out to bowl, he had just stopped in there randomly with Brooke on the way to a birthday party. He goes to bowl. Hank and Ernie are there cheering him on. Did he call them? Were they already there at the bowling alley? I think a lot of people were there applying for the car raffle. <laughs> Is the whole town was there to apply? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, Hank and Ernie were just happened to be there. Okay. Here's they, my last question. Yeah. How much money would you pay to sit in a packed theater of people who love this movie? Don't you think that would be the most fascinating experience of your life? I would pay the price of admission. I'd pay the (laughs) price of renting this movie twice. Yeah, I would be so curious who's watching this movie. There's a lot of physical gags. Again, it brings up my question. Is this movie for children? Is this movie for fans of Larry the Cable Guy? Are children fans of Larry the Cable Guy... Is this for the children of fans of Larry the Cable Guy? I, I really don't know. I mean, I, that's I would why... love to see who this is for. Yes. And I want to sit more than that because we have to do predictions. The whole time I was just in such shock and awe watching this movie that I forgot we have to make predictions. So I'm <laughs> in big trouble. They did oh. make one reference to the first movie, which kind of snapped me out of it. But I was thinking... Wait, was that the reference where Larry the Cable Guy just said, I can't climb up there? What am I, the rock? Yeah. Yeah. So a meta reference. But I'm thinking, maybe they made the Tooth Fairy with the rock, who's very charismatic. Maybe it was well done. Then everyone's sitting around saying we have to cast Tooth Fairy (laughs) 2. Who is the understudy to the rock? Who is the natural follow-up to the rock? I mean, I sort of get that. I think if you're like, okay... The first one we went with super muscular guy being the tooth fairy. Can't just go another super muscle guy. And nobody's going to be more muscle than the rock. So let's go the totally opposite direction. Let's do fat slob. Or don't make a sequel. (laughs) I mean, God, this was just clearly somebody was cashing a paycheck. I mean, I think everybody involved was Were they? Also, you know what I want to know that I didn't look up because I was trying to avoid spoilers? What? 
What year did this come out? I don't know. I, I, I haven't looked up anything. I don't know. Because was this the height of Larry the Cable Guy's uh, success? I it know his been. name. I know him from just, you know, American culture. I don't know too much about him. But there was a time in he the was early hot. 2000s yeah. where he was hot for He's some reason. He's probably still living off that money. I mean, he was super hot. I don't know. I also thought maybe they were already, like, developing another movie for Larry the Cable Guy or something. You know what I mean? Like, maybe... Th- Maybe they didn't go after him. Maybe his people went after them. Maybe he was like, they were trying to find a movie for him. And they were like, oh, we were thinking about making a Tooth Fairy sequel. What if we fit that for Larry the Cable Guy? Like, I do feel like the movie had to have been written with him already in mind. That They had to be like, okay, let's do fart jokes. Let's do a guy eating chicken wings every night. I wish you could see the look on both of our faces. It's a very Painful. far away look. Just. Wondering what we've done with our lives. Oh my God, I got. I'm ready to redo our rankings because this is like in the bottom five. For you know, sure. that's so funny. I was thinking the same thing the whole time we watched it, but I don't think it would knock horrible bosses out of the running yet. Get out of here! All right, I do have some predictions for the first one. I think number one, it will star The Rock. Yes. Number two, I think it will be the same idea of. I think the rules of Tooth Fairy Land will hold true. Yes. I think he must have made somebody inadvertently not believe in the Tooth Fairy anymore. His punishment is to serve as a Tooth Fairy. I think he'll meet a handler. I don't think it'll be the same one. Right. But I think you'll see kind of Tooth Fairy world and the whole rules of Tooth Fairydom will be explained to him. I think he'll have to wear a pink tutu just like in this one. I want to know, do you think it's his kids? Okay, I have some theories. Because in this one, Larry the Cable Guy, it's just an outside kid. Are these going to be the Rock's kids? Is he, like, separated from his wife and he has to prove that they should get back together? Mm, like a Mrs. Doubtfire thing? Yes, oh, exactly. That's good. See, okay, I was going to go with, like, stepdad. I'm going to start with, we talked a lot about this one. Larry's flaw is that he can't grow up. I'm going to start with there must be some kind of flaw that the Rock has. That this experience is going to help him overcome. Mine is going to be that he's overworked. I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking maybe he's like, um, you know, maybe a cop or a security guard or some kind of muscle-bound job. He runs a gym. Maybe a businessman. But he's going to work too hard. He's not going to spend time with his kids. He's going to miss all their milestones. The wife is going to want to separate. I like that. This is going to be like a way to get closer to his kids, maybe. My only problem with that is that that's so overused, is overworked. I mean, that's what, that's, you know, Buddy the Elf's dad and Elf. I think that's what Tim Allen's thing was in Santa Claus. Well, I think it's classic. And then he's going to have to learn to slow down or subvert the gender roles. You know, Mm, stop mm -hmm. working, spend time with the kids, wear pink. Right, right. Okay, I like that one. I like... Yeah, I like separated. I was almost thinking maybe stepdad too, and he's having trouble like relating to the kids because they're not his. That could be something like I'm that. I'm sticking okay. with my separation, but you stick with stepdad, and we'll see who's right. Okay, but I like your idea that it is. I think going to focus more on like one family. I yes. think there's going to be kids. And I think it's going to be, I think he's going to have a lot of physical comedy where he's this big muscle bound guy in a tutu. I think there's going to be a tea party scene. I think, you know, he's going to have to get up to the second floor. There's going to be a lot of the same, like, breaking into a house. Yeah. Kind of creepy man-in-your-house stuff. Right. Okay, so this one had, like, the 
kind of dueling plots of I'm a tooth fairy and I have to serve my tooth fairy sentence. And then I'm also trying to get back my ex. What is going to be kind of the B plot in this? He's trying to get back his wife. I would say, yeah, he's trying. No, I think it's going to be two things. Okay. Oh, this would make it actually good. Oh, okay. What? Let's say he's overworked because he's a cop. Mm-hmm. And um, he's trying to solve a case. But being a tooth fairy allows him to find clues to solve the case. Oh, that would actually be great. And he's going to reconcile with his wife okay, and learn okay. how to balance both. I like that. I hope it's not like a there's another guy in the picture thing again. Because one, it wouldn't work. Nobody's better than The Rock. But two, as you see, we've seen that a million times. I don't want to see that. I like this cop angle. That'd I do be too. Awesome. So he's a cop, and then you know he could be like chasing after the perp. He's finally about to get him, and then he starts turning into the tooth fairy. Exactly. Then he has to like maybe duck behind some bushes, or they see him and they think he's nuts, or he doesn't have his gun on him anymore. But he could use the amnesia powder, or right. the Knockout powder. But then he goes into a house and he notices something weird, or maybe there's a clue. Like the the bad guy has a kid who loses That's a tooth. That's what I don't understand. Maybe cool. the bad guy is breaking and entering, and as he's dropping off the tooth, the bad guy breaks in and he oh. sees his face. Oh, it's like a, a okay, a series of robberies. All right, I like it. I'm feeling. Will it happen? I don't know. Will but it I'll happen? I don't you. know, but I think it's good. <laughs> hey, makers of the Tooth Fairy, contact me for <laughs> part three. three. All right, I'll go along with your thing. I think the only place I'll differ is I'll say he's a stepdad. Right, but I do think the B-plot, it'll be, you know, reconciling with family and then solving a crime. All right, I hope so. Yeah, that. all right, that's all I got. Anything I, else? No, I think it'll be better than this one. That's what I'm hoping. Me too. <laughs> I'm hanging a lot on the first one. For them to make this second one... It must have made money, so it must have at least been decent. And The Rock is more kid-friendly. And more charismatic. Like, even if it's bad, I could probably watch The Rock on screen for two hours. Just doing rock stuff. I know. I I think that's good. I think that's all we need. All right. I'm happy to end there. I I do not recommend Tooth Fairy 2 to anybody. I wish I could get some amnesia powder for my brain. (laughs) All right, as always, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ellie. See you next time. Bye. Reverse sequels.